Good morning, good morning. Hey, it's so good to be here today. Isn't it beautiful outside? Yes, the weather is incredible. Grateful uh, for that. We had a great vacation last week. I was able to tune in and listen to Pastor Mike uh, Pittman, who did a phenomenal job uh, looking at Acts 1-8 and talking about what it means to live a sent life. I'm grateful for that, brother. Uh, also grateful for the time that our family was able to receive in the mountains. It was just beautiful there. Great weather. Uh, enjoyed our time very, very much. Uh, you know, some of you asked last year when we went to the mountains uh, around this time last year, uh, we, we encountered, I encountered face-to-face -face a black bear. And that did not happen this year. But I, I'll tell you kind of the rest of the story of what happened last year. So the way it all happened is my middle daughter was playing with our youngest daughter's baby doll. And she was swinging it around. And she accidentally, that's uh, TBD. I'm not sure if it was an accident or not. But accidentally slung the doll over the balcony down the mountain. And so I was frustrated about it because, man, all of a sudden the youngest daughter is just in tears. She wants her baby doll. So, uh, so I put my shoes on, kind of aggravated, and uh, opened the gate to go down. I was just going to hike down and grab that doll. And as soon as I opened the gate, for me to the chairs right here, I mean, true story, I'm face-to-face -face with a, a, a big old black bear. And, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I know what you're supposed to do. Now, I grew up in Florida, and there are some bears in North Florida, but I've never seen one. Um, I know you're supposed to make yourself big and make loud noises. I turned and I ran. So I ran, I ran inside, shut the door. I'm like, there's a bear outside. And we watched the bear kind of mosey on. He opened the dexterity and their hands are incredible or their paws, whatever they're called. Opened the door of my truck and like scrounged around and then went to the next vehicle. Uh, finally, when the bear was gone, the, you know, we celebrated. And the, uh, the question was, what happened to the baby doll? I didn't tell you last year what happened to the baby doll. Um, what I did, and I'm a little bit ashamed of this, but not entirely, is I sent uh, our son down to go retrieve <laughs> the baby doll. And, uh, and I was like, hey, bro, I'm going to watch from up here. I got you, all right? So I did. I don't know what I would have done. Uh, but, but I was watching. He went and got it, and everything worked out just fine. And praise the Lord, we saw no bears this year. I was grateful for that. But hey, today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about um, the strategy that we have moving forward when it comes to living a sent life. I very intentionally had Mike Pittman talk about that last week because during members gathering the week before, we unveiled a strategy of what that looks like for us personally, individually, for you as a believer, what does that look like? And I want to unpack that a little bit today. I'm excited and, man, just can't wait to get back into the book of Romans. I will get there in two weeks. So next Sunday, I'll be preaching at Baptist Center Church uh, in Clayton, North Carolina, starting a four-day four revival. Uh, they are starting next Sunday. So I want to invite any of you who want to come and would love for you to come, uh, Baptist Center Church in Clayton. How many of you remember Pastor Ray Carr? Ray Carr, yeah, just a great brother. He's preached here several times. Uh, pastor Ray is the pastor of Baptist Center Church there in Clayton. Uh, most of you know this. He, he was diagnosed a, a while back with stage four terminal uh, cancer. And uh, praise God, he's doing really well. He still has cancer, but his cancer numbers are going down. He's doing really, really well. God's been kind in that regard. And he's still pastoring this church out in Clayton. And God's doing a neat thing there, but they're very much a revitalization. As a matter of fact, his language is, we want some help. Anything that you can do to help us, we want this. Well, last year, I started preaching a revival for them. And uh, after preaching the morning service, I felt kind of bad and took a COVID test because Pastor Ray was in 
the midst of some pretty serious uh, chemo treatments and uh, I tested positive for COVID. And so they canceled the entire revival. I actually, to be completely transparent, uh, forgot that he had put me on the calendar for this year until a couple of weeks ago. He called and said, hey, man, we've been advertising for a couple months now that you're going to be here. Such as, so I was like, oh, yeah, man, we're excited. Uh, and I told him I'd forgotten, but he gave me grace. And, uh, but really excited to go and want you to be a part. So next Sunday, uh, Pastor Kevin O'Brien will be preaching here. You're going to be so, so blessed, man. He does an incredible, incredible job. And brother, I, I'm excited to hear uh, you here next week. So you'll be blessed by that. But for today, we're going to talk about some of the vision, some of the strategy. So if you're ready to dive in, we say amen. amen. Let me pray for us and we'll do that very thing. God, thank you for today. Uh, God, we come before you with hearts that are full uh, in so many ways. God, full in thankfulness just for the opportunity we have to serve you and to know you and to be known by you. Um, but God, we also have heavy hearts today as we think about the turmoil that is happening around our world. And that is a broad stroke uh, statement. Lord, you know there's so much that is happening. I think about Israel and all that's going on there uh, that just is, is uh, chaotic and devastating. I think about the war that continues in Ukraine. God, I, I think about uh, those that are losing their lives and the question just resounds in my soul. God, do they, do they know you? Do they know you? And God, you have called us to share the good news of the gospel with a lost and broken world. And so God, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to do that very thing. God, to live a life that is a sent life, to live a life that makes a difference. And God, to honor you and please you in the way that we move, in the way that we operate. So God, convict us today, stir us today, help us to please you today in the way that we respond to your word. And we pray this in the powerful name of King Jesus and all God's people said, amen and amen. Well, hey, listen, you know this theologically just by reading the Bible, starting back in the book of Genesis, that the God that we serve is a sending God by nature. That's his character. He created the heavens and the earth, and we think about how he sent Adam and Eve to the Garden of Eden. He didn't just send them there. He sent them there with a purpose, and that purpose is found in Genesis 1, 28. It says, your purpose is to fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. But it didn't take them very long, just like it doesn't take us very long, to realize that you have an opportunity to do wrong in front of you. And even though Adam and Eve, they were told not to partake of uh, the fruit of this particular tree, they chose to do that very thing. And in Genesis 3, the fall of man takes place. Sin enters the world. Now, God doesn't give up on them. And so in turn, God has not given up on us. He continues to be ascending God. And what that looks like throughout the Bible is he sent his angels. He sent judgment. He sent the law. He sent messengers. He sent judges and priests and prophets and kings and as you play out the entire bible we see eventually the grand narrative of the bible god sent his one and only son jesus 100 god 100 man jesus incarnate to come to pay the penalty for the sins that we committed so that all who place their faith in him would have eternal life so this sending god ultimately sent his son galatians 4 5 puts it this way it says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. So God sent Jesus and Jesus in John 
chapter 20, verse 21, he looks at his disciples and he says this to them. He said, as the father has sent me, so I am sending you. This sending God sent his son and Jesus says, I'm sending you to go and to tell the world. And when Jesus dies on the cross, he rises again. He sends a gift to his people and the early church are the first recipients of this gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit of God. And Jesus puts it this way. Yes, I've been right beside you, Jesus incarnate, but I'm giving you a comforter. I'm giving you the gift of the Holy Spirit that will be in you. And so now we have as believers the gift of the Holy Spirit of God in us. And the early church received this gift and they started accomplishing great things, not in their power, but in and through the power of God. And we as followers of Christ, the very moment that we call on the name of Jesus, we receive the gift of the Spirit of God in us. So ascending God sent his Son, who sent the Spirit of God to the early church, who kept planting churches. And our church, Apex Baptist Church, as of last week, 150 years ago, was planted on this corner to reach Apex and the surrounding Communities. Now, we are called to say, hey, God's began a good work, and we want to complete that good work. We want to do all that we can during our phase of life. We want to complete it during our section of life that God has given us. You know, given us. You know God has given us this window to be the church and to be faithful in our time. We were born by God's sovereign hand where we were born. And however you ended up in Apex, I know I came from Florida. Many of you came from other states throughout our nation you came from other nations you moved here however you ended up in apex god by a sovereign hand has planted you here in this season to do a work for his glory every christian is to live a sent life as a matter of fact the church is a collection of redeemed image bearers who are living sent lives we are called to live sent and i just want to encourage you in this you know think about where we live. Again, God and his sovereignty has placed us here, but just think about it for a moment. It's so easy in church life to get caught up in consumerism, isn't it? It's easy to get caught up in programs, and it's easy to get caught up in kind of the best show in town, and we pit a lot of things against one another when it comes to church life, which probably sounds really silly to our brothers and sisters around the world who are facing heavy persecution. You know, I think about the book of Revelation, like the church of Smyrna. I think about... Uh, and Jesus teaching them and speaking to them. You know, there, there are brothers and sisters around the world right now that are doing exactly what we're doing, but they're doing it in secret. They're doing it in secret. They're actually singing very quietly because the threat of being thrown in prison or even killed for what they're doing, gathering together, is very, very real. Uh, there, there are brothers and sisters right now that do not have copies of God's word and we have them in droves just kind of laying around everywhere there are brothers and sisters that they don't have full copies of God's word so what they'll do is they'll be like hey uh, we, we only have so much so so hey sister why don't you take the book of Matthew and they'll rip it out and give it to her brother over here why don't you take Proverbs man here you go or hey here's the book of Acts the early church why don't, why don't you take this and they'll literally rip the Bible apart and disperse it amongst the, the church so that they could just feast off of the word. And so many of us, and, and this is a, a shame for us to say this, so many of us, we have our Bibles just laying around and we don't touch it till we go to church on Sunday. We take it for granted, the gift that we have before us. 
So the question we must ask, and that's not me pointing fingers at anyone. Uh, if, any, if anything, I'm pointing fingers at myself in terms of, man, we got to run away from, you know, easy believism or consumerism or, or, or anything that we're doing to try to be showy. We want to run away from all of that and run towards the reality that, no, God has us here for a purpose. And we have to get our eyes off of ourselves long enough to see that this is a gift that God has given us. And we are here where we are by God's sovereign hand. And I want to exhaust my life to the glory of God to make a difference in Apex and beyond. So how do we do that? How do we make that difference? How do we change the world uh, through the power of God? Well, we have to come up with a strategy that's unique for us. Now, God's mission never changes. Kind of like, kind of like M&Ms, right? Like M&Ms, the ingredients of M&Ms have never changed, but the packaging has changed, so the methodologies can change. Some of our methods can change, but the mission never does. And the mission that God has for us, it does not change. It is the great commission that we see in Matthew 28. It is the, the great commission that we see in Acts 1.8. It's this, this call for us to go. We are to go to our Jerusalem, which is Apex and kind of the surrounding communities. We're to go to our Judea and Samaria, which is our state in North America. And we're to go to the ends of the earth, which are the, the nations, right? We are to go to them. Here's what Susan Booth once said. She said, the Great Commission is the responsibility of the local church. Every church should cast vision, equip, and mobilize believers to be on mission with God in the workplace and neighborhood. The entire population of the world must be reached in every generation. And to that, I say yes and amen. Not every church is going to look the same, but Bible-believing church will share commonalities around the mission of God. And so we're not gonna be just like Summit. We're not gonna be just like Shepherds. We're gonna be like Apex, but we're gonna share in the mission of God. You know, someone once said it this way, well, it's only a drop in the bucket. Uh, one author said this uh, book I just recently read over the weekend. It's just a drop in the bucket of what we're a part of. And that is, that's true, man. Even if we did a lot, it would be just a drop in the bucket in comparison to the need around the world. But man, what an incredible what an incredible honor for us to even contribute at all to what God is doing globally. What an incredible honor it is for us to contribute at all to what God is doing in saving his people. And so Keith Whitfield said this. He said, if the church shapes and orients its mission around God's mission, it will not fail. And that's exactly what we want to do. God, help us to orient our lives in such a way that we are surrounded by your mission and we are in the center of your will. I don't know if you know this or not, but in America, 80% of churches are either in plateau or they're declining. So they've plateaued, which means they've just kind of leveled off and they're maintaining or they're declining. Now, now hear the stat, 80%. 80%. We, by God's grace, we've been in a season of growth. I know it's a holiday weekend this weekend, and, you know, our numbers are not what they normally are on a Sunday morning. I mean, we're normally just jam-packed, and there's no room to park and no room to sit, and that can be frustrating. But our community is growing like crazy. And there are people who are coming to our community that are coming into the doors of our church, and we're in a season of growth, and this is by God's mercy, this is by God's hand, but we need to understand what a gift this is because church growth is a pretty fragile thing if, you know, we're kind of attaching it to what we can accomplish. We have to attach it to the mission of God. We'll never fail if we do that. We will never fail if we attach church growth to the mission of God. Then we don't have to perform. 
We can just say, God, help us to do what you've called us to do and to live a sent life so that we can make a difference in our community and beyond. Think of it this way. 70% of the 1.1 million people in Wake County don't know Jesus. 70%. Staggering statistic. Uh, it's true that 75% of the almost 8 billion people in our world, they don't know Jesus. Wow. You know, I, I think of this reality, 100% of those who don't know Christ, they're living in eternal peril. Which means our hearts need to be stirred for these folks, man. Like, do we care that our neighbor doesn't know Jesus? Do we care that our coworker doesn't know Christ? Now, I know this. It's not our job to save them. We can't save them, but we are called to plant and to water and to pray for God to give the increase. And the Bible does say if we'll exalt Christ, he will draw all men into himself. So are you intentional in saying, man, I want to make a difference. I want to live a sent life. I want my life to count. I want to make a difference. I want to make an impact. I want to transition from being a casual observer on a Sunday morning to someone who is living on mission. Why? Because it is, it is collectively our responsibility as Christians to link arms and to say, God, we want to chase after this together. Because there's a world out there for us to reach, and, and we've been called to do that. Here's the cool thing. Think about this. Can we just agree that everybody in here is different? Come on. Y'all look at me, and you're like, I know you are, but I don't, I don't know about us. We're different, man. So here's what this means. I'm going to come in contact with people that you never will. And that's my mission field. And you are going to come in contact with people that I never will. And that's your mission field. We each have a unique mission field that God has granted us. And we are called to faithfully, faithfully live our lives on mission. So what we've done is we've created a sent mission strategy that I want to share with you uh, today. All right, so I, I want to go through this, and I'm going to do it fairly quickly, uh, so I may skip around just a little bit to get through it, but I, some of you saw this or, or heard me speak through this on some level at members gathering. If it's a repeat for you, don't check out, because I'll say some other things that you did not hear me say uh, during the members gathering, so just, just hang in there. What you see on the screen is the sent mission strategy with the scripture, Proverbs 19, 2. Desire without knowledge is not good. Whoever makes haste with his feet misses his way. Now, uh, last week, we kind of hit our, our four-year mark of being in Apex. So now we're in our fifth year. By we, I just mean my wife, my family, my family and I. Can't believe we've been in Apex that long. It's crazy. Feels like just yesterday we moved here. Uh, and we, we're starting our fifth year. Here's the cool thing. You can get a college degree in four years. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I tried to squeeze one in in six years. But anyway, uh, in four years, some of y'all will get that later. But anyway, four years, you can get a college degree. Come on, somebody. And, uh, and here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm a slow learner sometimes. But the truth is, man, I've been here long enough that I feel like this strategy is exactly what we need to bring kind of our ministry from the peripherals out here and just focus, focus, so we can do things really well together. And here's what you're going to see as we walk through this. You're going to see that you, if you're a believer in this room, you have a part to play. And I don't know how the Spirit of the Lord is going to hit you today. There may be some things in here that I say that you didn't expect for God just to kind of tap you on the shoulder on, and he's going to. And that's good. I praise God for that. 
All right, so, so through this strategy, I want you to pray that way. How does this affect me? Now, the strategy of sin, we want everyone at Apex Baptist loving God, loving people, making disciples through intentionally extending themselves to share the gospel, becoming personal disciple makers, and living a sent life. We're going to break this up in three categories quickly. They are this, sent to our three, sent to our communities, and sent to our world. Let's start with sent to our three. Now, this is evangelistic in nature. There's also a discipleship component. We want to identify three unbelievers that we can intentionally bless through evangelism. Now, that BLESS acronym is just a tool, just a resource that you can use to share the gospel with someone. You begin with prayer, listen, eat, uh, share a meal with them, serve them in some way, and then share the gospel or share your testimony with them. It's just something that you can keep in your brain to intentionally bless someone who doesn't know Christ. But, and we're going to say throughout this next year, we want to identify three people who don't know Jesus and then try to intentionally just begin praying for them, listening to them, sharing a meal with them. And uh, we want to serve them in some way. And then we want to share with them. How many of you, how many of you know at least one person that doesn't know Christ? One person. Yeah. So I've got names in my Bible that I write down, the people that I'm praying for. You know, it's funny when I was, when I was going through this strategy, God brought to mind someone that, that lives very close to, to us and I won't call this person by name, but this person is someone that God brought to my mind, and the truth is, this person bothers me. You, you ever had that person in your life? Where you're like, instead of wanting to bless them, I want to run from them. Y'all know what I'm saying? Don't look at me that way. You make me feel bad about myself, all right? <laughs> that's, the, that's the very person that God brought to my, my mind. And, and no, it's not Pastor Drew. He does live next to me. It's not him. <laughs> but I did say, God, are you, are you meaning this person is for Pastor Drew? Right? Like, not me. Anyway, just kidding. Uh, but this is the person that God brought to my mind. And I shared this with my wife and her, her and I, we began praying about this. How can we intentionally bless this person that, you know, is even someone that's been hard for us to think about? So identify three people that you can, you can bless, that you can share the gospel with. Pray that God... Continuing with our sent to our three strategy, pray that God would expand your heart for people. You know, these people, they're not targets or projects, right? They're not just a, a check the box for us. We want our heart to be expanded that we can see people as Christ sees them and have a heart's desire to share the gospel. So God, expand our heart, expand our heart so that we can share uh, the gospel with these folks around us. You know, Sierra, we got to see her and her boyfriend, which was really cool when we were in the mountains. They came over and we hung out. Um, I think I can say she has, I hope that's okay. Anyway, um, it's really cool. Zane loves Sierra, like our 14-year-old son loves her. And he's like, man, dad, uh, like he checks all the boxes. So he approves. Anyway, um, he's a good dude. So we, but we were talking about this and at lunch. They came over and went ice skating with our family. It was really cool. And we were talking about this and I said, listen, our prayer for evangelism at Apex is, man, God, give us a heart to see people the way God wants us to see them. Not just, oh, here's a program, go and run the program. That, we, that will end. But if God expands our heart for people, it never ends. It, it might not be three, it might be one, but it also might be five, it might be 10 for you this year. It's the point is thinking about evangelism and sharing the gospel. Aspirational goal, pray that 500 of us would enjoy leading one person to Christ. Right, and then discipling them. This is multiplication, replication. This is an aspirational goal. Now I know what you're thinking. Where are we going to put 500 people on a regular Sunday? I think we have some ideas around that. But suffice it for me to say, man, let's pray this way. 
God, help us to be faithful in sharing the gospel so that we can reach people this year. We also need three discipleship relationships, right? So think about discipleship. Are you in discipleship relationships? Here's a good way to look at it, kind of a three-tier idea for us to look at. Do you have a Paul in your life? Now, Paul is an older, wiser believer, someone you can learn from. Do you have a Paul? Secondly, do you have a Barnabas, someone that is a friend, someone that can hold you accountable, someone that can encourage you? We need a Barnabas in our life. We also need a Timothy in our life, someone that as you have matured in your faith, you're you're, you're putting your arm around them and saying, hey, let me show you what the Lord has shown me. Let me show you what I've learned in my walk with Jesus so that I can help you in your walk with Jesus. This is discipleship. So we're sent to our three, right? Both evangelistically identifying our three, but also discipleship relationships. Some of you will disciple more than just one person. That's awesome. But just think about about this. Think about what it looks like for you to disciple. Here's the second thing. Sent to our communities. We want to pray, I love this, that we are a church that is as diverse as our community. How do you know that our community is increasingly diverse? People moving here from literally all over the world. Now, here's what we know. We're not going to be the church for everyone. We can't be. We can't house everyone. There's a lot of great gospel-preaching, gospel-centered churches in our area. We're not going to be the church for everyone, but the question we have to answer is, are we the church for anyone? Can anyone come here and feel like it's home, feel like it's family, feel like, oh, I belong here, and we must be a church for anyone. So we want to serve our community through centralized events that we do. You know about those. We want to serve our community through things like Love Wake and Back to School. Bless our community through things like Rot the Block, Christmas on Salem. Reach our community through things like Kids Camp and Christmas Eve and Easter where we have droves of people on our campus. We also serve our community through future expansion. This is where it gets exciting. Because I know what you're thinking. Well, we are a growing church and we're on this corner and, you know, we're kind of landlocked. What do we do? Well, we start by praying that God would give us more space. We have a campus development team that's been meeting for over a year and they've worked really hard with a company out of Atlanta that did our main street renovation out here a couple of years back. And, and it's hard. There are opportunities for us right here on this corner, possibly to have a larger sanctuary and more parking and all of that. But there's also some barriers that we have to get through. And you know what? They're not barriers for God if it's his will. Come on. One, we are a debt-free church. Praise God. It's going to take a lot of money to do this if this is where the Lord leads. We also live in downtown Apex. We want to be really good neighbors. So any type of construction, we have to think about those types of things, right? So you, you, you think about these things, and you, you just need the Lord to lead you. So we're praying through that. God, if this is your will, help us to expand because we want to reach as many people as we can. But I think I have an idea in the meantime because none of this will happen immediately. It's going to take time. But I think in the meantime, we can take our gym, which is awesome, but it needs some attention. Goal, kind of some of our goals are falling apart. The floor needs help. I ruptured my Achilles in that gym, not because there's anything wrong with it, but I just don't like it. So I run from it. So anyway, 
uh, but it needs some attention, man. So, so, so I think we can put some dollars, which we have saved up, towards our gym and make it a dual-purpose room where it can still be used for basketball, but it could also be used as a worship center with soundboarding and all of that, where you can you can hear in there, uh, absorb kind of the sound, and and have a have a nice staging area, do like an acoustic type uh, musical set in there during the ten fifteen hour specifically when it's crazy here, uh, and you know just pipe the sermon in. That might not be for everyone, but we could reach probably around 500 people if we did that, and that could be an immediate opportunity for us to reach those 500 that we're praying that God would give us. Come on, somebody. I think it's a good idea. I hope you do too. But anyway, um, this is something, and this is no promises for me on this because this all has to work out. This is something that could be done rather quickly. This isn't like a five-year building plan. If it works out, you know, maybe this is something that we could do even before Easter, maybe. Wouldn't it be cool? Because we do like a thousand services during Easter, right? Wouldn't it be cool to have that space? I mean, who knows what God would open up? Who knows what God would do? But I, I think there's opportunities that abound for us to expand. We also, moving on, because I need to, in the next three to five years, we want to plant a church in the triangle. And guess what? We want to send a team from our church to go to that church plant. With the church planter, we don't know who that is. God's going to raise them up and train them and send them. But let's say it's at Angier. Let's say that's where we plant. Is Angier in the triangle? I don't, I don't even know what the triangle means. Is it? All right, we'll just pretend like it is. Y'all like, okay. Let's pretend like it is part of the triangle. We send a team, like planting a church in Angier, and we send a team that goes to Angier and says, hey, we're going to be here. We're going to plant this church. And man, they could even be our best tithers. It's cool, man. It's good. It's okay. It's okay. You know, we, we talk about money here when it's in the text. Otherwise, I don't, you, you don't hear me preach about it unless it's in the text. And it's in the text a lot. But God, you know, you wonder why we don't talk about that? Because God owns it all. And we're debt free. And God's blessed us. God's taking care of us. It's all good, man. So best, best time to go. Why? Because I, listen, the Lord that I serve, and the Lord that you serve, he, he owns all the cattle on all the hills. Come on, somebody. And beef is high right now. You don't know if y'all know that. Come on. That's a true story, by the way. If you got cattle, sell them. It's a good time. Um, I told you we all different. That's where I came from. So, so we want to be sent to our communities, and we want to plant a church. We're going to establish a residency here. It's already being worked on where we raise up church planters and send them out in partnership with Send NC, which is a part of our North Carolina Baptist Convention. We want to launch 10 new life groups. I know it's been hard, man. We used to have all the life groups on Sunday. We just can't do it anymore. We can't. We don't have enough space to do it here. So we're dispersing life groups all throughout our communities because everybody lives in all kinds of places. I live in Fuquay. That's where my address is, is in Fuquay. We, we want life groups everywhere, everywhere. 10's a low number, man. We can launch 10 life groups uh, throughout our communities this year. You need to pray about launching a life group. We're sent to our communities through partnering with two local church plants. We already got one in mind, praying about a second. We're partnering with a, lo a local church that needs revitalization. Baptist Center, remember, in Clayton, right? You can come to the revival next week. Come and be a part of that. Just support them, love on them, support Pastor Ray. They need help and they want help, All right? So sent to our community. Here's the last thing. Sent to our world. We want to mobilize, this is a low number, 75 people on short-term mission trips this year. Post-COVID, it's been difficult kind of launching new trips, but we have some that we're really excited about. We also have some trips that have already been vetted through our state convention, and we want to send people. 
send them, at least 75 people, to go on these short-term mission trips. I hope that's one of you in here, that you're thinking about uh, the opportunity for you to be a part of serving uh, on, a, on a mission trip, more, more than one of you. Here's the second thing. Pray that God would call two people and or families to consider starting the process of serving uh, long-term on the mission field, and we're praying specifically for Mexico City, all right, for the Pagans. They need help over there, and they're from our church. We partner with them. We support them. We're praying that God would send two people within the next year to start the process of going to Mexico City and serving there. Now, if you're here and you're thinking, there ain't no way that's me, be careful. Be careful. Because sometimes God uh, will start that way just to get your attention. We want to continue investing uh, 10% of all spending towards missions, but we want that needle to be moved even further to 20% and beyond. We also want to expand uh, church planting partnerships in North America and internationally. We got a group going to Wales to, to, to look at some potential church planting partnerships there. Maybe you feel called to move to Wales and plant a church. We've got a team in the new year going to Boston. Maybe you feel called to go to Boston. We're, we're going to have opportunities for you to plug in and to be a part. Here's one I'm really excited about. The last thing is we want to we bless our missionaries. We want to do this through prayer, through care, through support. And so every life group, every life group is going to have a missionary assigned, missionary family assigned to them. And you're going to pray for them, depending on security, uh, you know, protocol, uh, send, them, send them care packages, uh, send them notes of encouragement, those types of things. All right, last, last thing. We got to do this quickly. What's next for me? Well, quickly pray that God would expand your heart for people. Uh, identify three people that you want to reach with the gospel. Get connected. This is so key. If you're not connected to a life group, get connected. Further, pray about launching one. Pray about starting a life group. We'd love to talk to you about that. Last three things, de develop discipleship relationships uh, the, the next is organized through life groups and best time serving your community each quarter. We, we do Love Wake in the spring and the fall. We do back to school. There's two things. I would encourage you, Village 127 is an incredible ministry that we have at our, our church. I was just talking to Miss Sarah uh, Meadows about that a few moments ago. Incredible ministry. You can serve in Village 21, 121. You can serve through Baptist on Mission, Disaster Relief. But get in your life group and serve. And then the last thing is go pray or send someone on a mission trip annually. Not everyone can go. Not everyone can send others to go, but everyone can pray. And we want everybody to be a part of that. So let me ask you, I've gone nine minutes over. Thank you for your time. Are you excited about this? Come on, this is gonna be good. Yeah, praise the Lord. And, and listen, this is, for, this is for all of us. This is for all of us. So if you're a Christian, this is for you. If you're not a believer here today, the very last thing I'll say, and I promise this, um, man, call on the name of Jesus to be saved. And I would love to talk to you about that. As Ephesians says, we're saved by grace through faith Christ alone. This is not of yourself. This is a gift of God. And um, no reason for us to boast in any decision that we've made. This is God's kindness towards us. But if you don't know him today, you can. And I'll rejoice with you as you call on his name. I'm going to pray for us. We'll sing this last song together and we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for your love, your mercy, your kindness. God, I pray as we dismiss um, in just a few moments, God, that you'll be glorified in everything that we do. Um, God, help us to see our part, and uh, God, help us to honor you as we uh, are sensitive to your leading uh, over our life when it comes to the things that we mentioned today. And we pray this in the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen.